It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Expert at the World Health Organization has suggested that children should return to school on a gradual basis and not wait until next September, which of course is the date set by the government's roadmap for reopening the economy. So how do parents feel? Well, joining me is Anya Lynch of the National Parents Council Primary Section. Good morning to you, Anya. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome. Now, Dr. David Nabarro is a special envoy on COVID-19 and he says, we have to get used to living with the virus and therefore we need to think about opening schools in Ireland sooner rather than later. Do you agree? Well, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of answers to that question, I suppose. What we, we're doing, we, we're hearing from lots of parents. Uh, we're, we're hearing from parents who are very concerned about their children's emotional, social, educational needs and the long the long school lockdown. We're also hearing from parents who are very anxious about their children returning to school and, and concerned about the risks that may be involved. So I suppose we're not um, experts in terms of, of the, the spread of virus, but what we would like to see is that the that, that NEFET keep reviewing the situation around school school closure because we are hearing from a lot of parents who, who their children have particular issues, whether it's special education needs issues, whether the lockdown has just um, having a more of an impact on their children socially or educationally. And, and I suppose what we want to make sure is that in line with that public health advice, if, if NEFET felt that it was safe to do so, that we could maybe have some children back into schools before before the end of the school year. And I, th- I think that's what this doctor is saying. I mean, he was saying, don't, you don't just throw open the doors and let everybody in. He's saying a, yeah. a gradual return. Yes. And I mean, certainly from what we're hearing from parents, the, the, the school closure is having a, a, a different impact on different children. And I think if we could, you know, nearly six, it could nearly be six months out of school by the time September, October comes around. And that's a huge length of time for some children who struggle um, generally anyway, that this, this amount of time out of school, this amount of time not socialising um, and, and meeting their, I suppose, emotional needs of friends and, 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 and their school yeah, because, time. Yeah, because that same doctor says keeping children home from school can have long-term effects on their development. It's not just the educational uh, needs. Well, this is it. And it's, I suppose it's all about balancing risk. And I suppose what, that, that's what we're really asking NEFET to do is look for those particular cohorts of children in the balance of risk. Is there something that we can do? And I think in that cohort as well is, is sixth-class children and you know children when they're transitioning between schools this is a critical time for them and children will some children will do better than others at that 
and part of the, I suppose, the end of their primary school year is in preparation for the beginning of their their, their secondary school schooling. And some children missing out those key uh, contacts with their primary school at the end uh, end of that school year will have a bigger impact than other children. And I think we need to see if there are solutions that Neffet believe are a safe um, a safe alternative that we could do in terms of bringing those children back into school. And we also now know that children don't get as sick from coronavirus and neither are they the super spreaders which we were first led uh, to believe. So there's a lot of additional information out there that really needs to be taken into consideration that wasn't perhaps there when they closed the schools back in March. Yeah, and we feel the same. I mean, there's, there's, there's that piece that we now know about um, children in terms of spreading the virus and, and, and getting the virus. And then there's also the information we now know about 22 other European countries where children have started to go back. So so exactly that, there's information we now have that we didn't have when that roadmap was being developed. And, and we would just, you know, think that it would. It, we, we need to start considering, and certainly Neffet need to start considering that, and the risk that that some children are maybe at a greater risk of, of staying out of school in September to others, and see if there is a safe way that we could um, we could gradually bring those children in a limited basis back into school. The other the other ad- advantage um, maybe of bringing a, a small group of children back in before the summer holidays is it, it would be a very controlled period of time to see how the procedures within schools can work, but also then then the schools will be closed for July and August and it would give us a two-month period to see if there is any impact from that gradual return to school. That, that's a natural, a, a natural uh, gap, I suppose, rather than children starting to go back into September and then the next gap being half-term. So... That's a really good suggestion. That's a really good suggestion. And then they, they could get it right because the fear would be that if they just go for the blanket opening of schools in September and they get it wrong, we could be back here with another lockdown. Yeah, and I suppose, uh, I mean, I don't think there's a suggestion that we'd have a blanket open in September, but even a gradual opening in September, the next natural break is quite, you know, no, a number of weeks away. And then it's only a short break. Whereas I think if there was a limited opening before the summer, we've got two months to see if, if there's an impact in, in terms of the spread of the virus over that two month period before we, we, we go back into opening up again. So, and we definitely know, have the opportunity, do we not, to learn from other countries? As you know, as as you mentioned, other countries uh, who have reopened schools uh, have have said it hasn't led to a significant increase in infections. Well, this is it, and I think I mean I, I I take the point from from the from the experts in this field that all countries are going through things at different stages and in different ways. Um, so I, I know that we can't just go well they're doing that in that country so let's do it here. But I think there is a lot of learning that that, that we can take from how other children, how other countries are doing it and how they're responding to it. So and and applying that then to our context in in, in Ireland. So I suppose that as, as a National Health Council, that's really what we're asking NEFIT to do is to, to keep this under a constant review and, and see if, if it's possible that some children who are at the higher risk, as I said before, might be able to return to school in a phased basis towards the end of the school year. OK, a number of listeners want to know, is there much planning going on at the moment to aim for that reopening in September at, the, at school levels? Yeah, so we, we would be involved in an advisory committee with the Department of Education that other stakeholders are involved as well that's looking at how how schools um, reopen and what is needed for that to happen in a safe way. So we're looking at all the different areas that, that need to be addressed um, for that to happen. 
Yeah, I can see people, the sixth class pupils, I think in particular, parents very worried and uh, saddened for the sixth class uh, pupils who don't didn't get to say goodbye uh, to their classmates. Is there any way that they could even bring them back in, even if just for a day, says one uh, listener, just it's almost like a rite of passage when you have your last day in, in school. And there's no talks of, uh, would that be an individual school's choice to do that? Well, I mean, at the moment, schools are, are not permitted to open. So um, at the moment, it's not an individual school's choice. But I suppose what we're asking NEFET to do is to look at that cohort of students when, when you know, in a review of the current, in, a, in review of the current restrictions and see if there is something that's possible. I mean, I, I think we, one of the things that has served as well as a country is that we have based our decisions on evidence and, and it seems to have, have worked very well. So I think it's important that, you know, that, that comes as a general recommendation for for, for schools rather mm. than schools are, are, are under pressure to do individual things. But one of the things, particularly with sixth class, I think, um, we, you know, we might not get to a point where all the children can come in, but one of the things I think in the meantime would be really useful is if maybe the parents' association in the school, some of the students, and some of the school teachers had a virtual group where they could discuss ways of marking the end of the, the, the school time for these students. Great idea. Know, so that, and, and particularly hearing the, the child's voice in that is the thing that would make a difference to them. And I think collectively, if, if, if a group of people are looking at that and say, well, look, maybe the, the, the gold standard of what we want won't be available, but are things we can do to make this a very special time for us. And we'll actually finish up being special because it's different as well so I think it's about looking for solutions as well within what we currently have whilst also looking to the evidence to see if there's something else we can do Okay and finally are you hearing from many parents on you struggling with the homeschooling? We are I mean I I mean for the I suppose the type of organisation we are we tend to hear from the parents who are struggling rather than the parents who are managing (laughs) but but that being said I I think um, I think everybody, I suppose beforehand, maybe there were certain families who struggled with education and certain families who didn't. And now it seems to be that all families are having some level of a struggle. And it's not its not a natural position for children to be uh, in the main, I suppose, schooled at home with parents who are often trying to work as well. So I think there, there are lots of, uh, of different struggles. And it, it, there's the homeschooling piece of it. There's the separation of home time and school time. There's there's um, access to the internet and technology. There's, there's children who find it much harder to engage at home because it's not the natural place where they would do their school study and are missing the teacher and their school friends. So there are all sorts of different struggles definitely happening out there. Okay, listen, we leave it there, Anya. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this Thank morning. You, Good morning to you. That is uh, Anya Lynch, who is with the National Parents Council Primary Section. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. 
Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.